Thank you for listening to today's message. Avenue Church is a Christian church located in Las Vegas. For more information, visit avenuechurch.cc. Enjoy the message. Man, welcome to Miracle Mile. And uh, man, we're so excited you're here today. Again, my name is Pastor Jeremy, and uh, I'm thrilled what God is doing. And just a quick snippet, uh, it is St. Patrick's Day. Raise your hand if you're wearing your green. Raise your hand if you got your green. Raise your hand if you got your green. Uh, I, didn't ha- I had no idea this was such a big deal. And uh, raise your hand if you're not wearing green. Everybody look around, all right? There's your targets right there, except for a pregnant lady, all right? <laughs> look at your targets right there. But let me help you out here. I know uh, I came prepared because your pastor, I don't just live life unprepared, okay? I came prepared today, and you might be saying, what are you wearing? I'm wearing my sweet shoes and uh, blue jeans and a blue shirt and a black shirt underneath, but I do got some green. Look at that. I got my green socks on. Got my green hulks. Come on, somebody. Right, Gavin? Gavin, you like these socks right there? Yeah, the reason why I'm wearing a Hulk sock is because I get the privilege of, of, of helping Juan Garcia coach, assistant coach the Hulks, right? Give it up for the Hulks. Come on. Watch out, seven and eight-year-olds. Check out this right here. I love this. Dedicated assistant coaches. There's Juan. He's got his game down, and there's me and Marlon, right? Marlon, you here yet? And uh, so we're just really supporting him and helping him out. And so that's, uh, that's our Hawks Saturday at 10 a.m. We're playing again, and we're undefeated. We're undefeated. One and all, right? One and all. And so... Right there, run it out, run it out, want to know. Also, uh, Lorenzo did mention, my wife and I, we were in Dallas, and we got to coach several churches that are launching in Tustin, uh, California, which is in Orange County in uh, September, as well as a church in Sacramento, California. And right there, that's my wife and I having a blast, because we love what we do. Here's another picture of us on a panel. These are some Q&A, Jimmy Rollins from Baltimore, Maryland, the white sweatshirt, and man, what a phenomenal time equipping other churches to begin their launch. Uh, I mean, we're sitting at a table for two days across from these church planters, and there's what, uh, six or maybe six tables uh, that have two or three churches that are ready to plant all across the United States. So can we give it up for Ark? What an awesome privilege and an awesome honor to be able to do that. And so we're jumping in to a new series, Miracle Mile. And I just have such high anticipation for this series. And what we're going to do is we're going to be looking at miracles in the New Testament, miracles throughout the Gospels. And in, there's 37 recorded miracles, excuse me, 34 recorded miracles in the Gospels. But in the book of John, see, there's Matthew. I mean, I mean we're here two years ago on launch day. I was so nervous, I forgot the Gospels. I was like, Matthew, Mark, Kenny, you know, like, I'm, I'm a pastor, I swear, but Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then there's John, and we're going to be in the book of John, which is the final of the Gospels, and, and in the book of John, there's seven miracles. There's seven miracles that Jesus performed, that Jesus uh, uh, really delivered, and we're going to go through those seven miracles, but lo and behold, some of you guys are like planters, right? You're like, seven weeks? No, it's not going to be a seven-week series, because the last three miracles is the death, the resurrection, and ascension into heaven, and how many know it's a great miracle? But we're going to take a couple weeks, what I call a mile, and we're going to go through Miracle Mile, and how many know it's a lot better than the Miracle Mile shops on the Strip? But we're going to go over these seven miracles in the book of John. And I want you to know that the seven miracles are seven signs that all point to Jesus. That is all 
about Jesus. Then we're going to read and we're going to learn about miracles. And I believe with all my heart, according to God's word, according to the promises of God, that we are believing together for miracles at Avenue Church. Physical miracles, emotional miracles, spiritual miracles, your path. I'm telling you, miraculous things are going to happen at Avenue Church. Why? Because I believe in what the word says. I believe that miracles still follow us today. We're not going to get weird about it. We're simply going to study it. So we're going to jump into the book of John. But before I do, I want you to know that miracles reveal Jesus. They don't reveal how awesome I am. They don't reveal how awesome you are. They don't reveal anything else except how much God loves us. That, that's what miracles are for. And I believe, too, we all need a miracle. Shoot your hand up and say, I'm believing for a miracle right now in my life. And I believe that's going to be most of the room because we want to see God move on our behalf. Luke chapter 4, verse 40. I'm pumped. I'm going to try to settle down. Maybe I can, but I'm wearing my running shoes, okay? But Luke 4, 40 says this, when the sun was setting, all those who had any that were sick with various disease were all brought to Jesus. All brought to Jesus. He laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. Jesus didn't say, I got time for you. It didn't say that one didn't get healed. That one didn't get healed. We're going to talk more about that. But it says he laid his hands on every single one of them and he healed them. So as we read about miracles in the Bible, I want you to know that a miracle is a sign that shows that what God did then, he wants to do right now. That's a good place to say amen. Come on, pastor. What's going on here today? Because what God did then, what he did in the book of John, he wants to do it right now. He wants to step into your life. He wants to step in and begin to bring healing. He wants to bring restoration. Heal your finances, your children, your bodies, your mind. That I believe that what God did back then, he wants to do now. Because John 14, 12 says this, truly, truly, I say to you, I'm going to ESV, baby. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me, will also do the works that I do and greater works than he will do because I am going to the Father. And so when Jesus went to heaven, Jesus said, I got to go because, yes, I did great things, but you're going to do greater things in my name. And so I'm believing for that during this, uh, during this series. I'm believing during Miracle Mile that we're going to see great miracles in Jesus' name. You see what's funny is they did a study. They studied, they they. they, they um, they begin to research and poll Christians and not Christians. They poll Americans. And Americans, they believe this. Two out of five Americans, I'm not saying they're all gospel-believing. They all, all believe in the Bible, all believe in Jesus. But two out of five Americans all had a type of experience that can only be explained as a miracle. They believe that doctors, they begin to poll doctors and 55 Check this out. 55% of doctors, physicians, 55% all said they had at least one case where someone walked in and they were completely healed in the name of Jesus. It's unexplainable. What happened? I have no idea. And I love that it's 55%, not 5% or 10%. It's 50. Over half of physicians in America are saying people are coming in completely healed. See, sometimes God shows up but sometimes God shows off. And that's what I love about miracles, that he will always show up, but I love it when he shows off. But then hear me out. Here's the theme that you're going to hear every single week. The theme is we don't seek miracles, we follow Jesus. 
I'm going to say that again. I have it on the screen behind me. We don't seek miracles. Genie in the bottle, baby. Come on, somebody. We don't seek miracles. We follow Jesus. But if you follow Jesus, that you know, if you begin to know God long enough, then you will eventually find yourself in the middle of miracles. That's just what happens. It's the benefit. It's the gift. It's the blessing that when you're following Jesus. Maybe you're here today. And you say, Pastor, I, I get it. Maybe you're new with us today. You're like, what the heck? What is going on here at Avenue Church? And, and maybe you're saying in your seat, I don't believe in miracles. You're begin to do some studying. And, and you know what's interesting to me is that the earth, if you begin to study the earth, I don't geek out on this stuff. I'm going to be honest with you, all right? But if you study the earth, the earth begins to spin on its axis. And it spins at a speed of 1,000 miles per hour. So that's how fast we're going right now. So if you're Netflixing and chilling one day, you're like, I got nothing done. That's incorrect. You went at a speed of 1,000 miles per hour in at least one or two seasons. Come on, somebody. That's a miracle in itself right there. But it spins at 1,000 miles per hour. Every 24 hours, our Earth pulls off a celestial 360 degrees, and it starts over again. Our planet, Earth, is hurling through space at 67,000 miles, 67,108 miles per hour, which is faster than a speeding bullet. How many know we're all flash, right? We're all moving at the light speed. We're traveling at 1,599,793 miles in a day. You don't know it yet, but we believe God for big miracles every single day. It's miraculous that the earth hasn't fallen hit orbit. It's miraculous that the earth isn't like a, a pool ball, cue ball, and hitting all kinds of different planets. It's miraculous. Here's what the Bible says, Psalms 95. I got to calm down. Woo! It's first service. Come on, somebody. In his hand are the deep places of earth. The heights of the hills are also his. The sea is his, for he made it. And his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. He created the heavens and the earth. He did some miraculous big things, but we have a hard time believing for the small things. For the small things, like freedom from our past. It's a big deal to us, but it's a small matter for God. It's big things, healing in my body, healing in my mind, healing for my brother, my sister, my sons, my daughter. Miracles are happening all around us. And so let me encourage you during this series, prepare your heart. During this series, read your word, read through the book of John, read through the Gospels. But if you follow Jesus, you will make an eternal difference. You will make an impact, but I also want to give, give you a guarantee, you will see miracles. So let's dive into the first one. Here is the very first miracle that Jesus ever performed in the book of John. And this is his very first miracle on this earth. And it says this, John chapter 2, verse 1 through 11. So if you got your phones, get your phones out. If you have a Bible, we have Bibles available for free. I love that people are taking them. Just grab them. You don't have to ask anybody. But I want you to turn to John chapter 2, verse 1 through 11. If you don't have a Bible, get on your Version app, Facebook this thing. And we're going to have a killer time. You're also watching the jumbled uh, screen behind me. On the third day, a wedding took place in, a, in Cana, in Cana, in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples have also been invited to the wedding. So picture Jesus' disciples, his mother, right? They're at a wedding. Come on, somebody, right? Okay. When the wine was gone, chaos ensued. No, when the wine was gone, 
Jesus' mother said to him, settle down, babe. Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. Turn to your neighbor and say, no more wine. No more wine. Turn to your other neighbor and say, you heard me, all right? You heard me, second best. They have no more wine. I love this. Jesus says, woman. Now, we can read this in our earthly context, in our cultural context, and we can read that. And Jesus was like, ooh, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus got backhanded by his mother, right? Jesus said, woman. He said in a very respectful way. He said, woman, why do you involve me? It sounds like they're married, right? Like the wife was like, do something. He's like, don't involve me in this. Do it. And so Jesus said, we're not in remix no more. Jesus said, woman. Why do you involve me? And Jesus replied, my hour has not yet come. My hour has not yet come. And this is what his mother says. She doesn't, she doesn't say, please, Jesus, right? Can you do something about the no wine? I mean, for me, that's not a miracle. What's, like, what's taking place here? What's going on? And his mother turns and said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. She had an expectation. She said, do whatever he tells you. So she said, Jesus, right away. He said, why are you involved me in this? My hour has not yet come. Do whatever he says. Do whatever he says. Nearby stood six stones of water jars. There's so much symbolism behind that. The kind used by Jews for ceremonial washing. And that's such a symbolism of what God wants to do in your life. He's going to turn water to wine, but he's going to heal your heart. He's going to terrify your life. He's going to make you brand new. I'm getting ahead of myself. Jesus said to the servants, I want you to fill the jars. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to fill the jars with water. So they filled six jars to the brim. Then he told them, they'll draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. So they did that. And then the master of the banquet, he tasted the water. Listen to that. He tasted the water that had been turned to wine. He did not realize where it come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, right? <laughs> Sounds like a bad prank. Here's some wine, man. Hey. Then he called the bridegroom aside, aside and, said, and, and, and said, everyone... Bring out the choice wine first. Then the cheap stuff comes afterwards, after the guest had too much to drink. But you, my friend, you had saved the best until now. Which Jesus, and this is what it says, what Jesus did here in Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory. That's the purpose of miracles. God reveals his glories and his disciples believe in him. God, a miracle reveals God, but it sure does increase our faith. It sure does go, wow, God is real. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for miracles. Father, we, we have great anticipation of what you're going to do today during this series. In Jesus' name, everybody shout it. Amen. Now, my wife and I, we got married 12 years ago. 12 years ago, we made it, we did it. And at our wedding, we had a beautiful ceremony at Wild Horse Golf Course right here in Las Vegas. You look really nervous, but that's okay, babe, I love you. And so we had a ceremony at Wild Horse Golf Course. It was amazing, it was beautiful. And then after the wedding ceremony, we went inside and we had a reception. Now, for us, our choice was to have soda and sparkling cider. Soda and sparkling cider. You know that's a good party right there, all right? So it's soda and sparkling apple cider for the reception. We're classy, okay? And hear me out. We partied like it was 1999, right? We partied like God was coming back. We had a great time. and It was amazing. Divorced families were back together just for one night. My parents were like, yeah, that was nice. After the wedding. It was a miracle, but it's over now, you know? 
I remember we had such a great time at our wedding reception. We were bummed. It was, it was, it was done. It was over. Getting the limo. I was like, I don't want to go to the limo. You know, I wanted to stay and have fun. But we remember that the, uh, the staff at Wild Horse, Wild Horse Golf Course, they told us, I've never seen anyone have so much fun without alcohol. It was amazing. You know why? Because there ain't no party like a Holy Ghost party because the Holy Ghost party don't stop. <laughs> Come on, somebody. But you know what would happen if we would have ran out of food? If we would have ran out of beverages? You know what happened at your wedding? There was no wine or food. There wasn't even RSVP. Maybe someone showed up that didn't RSVP. Let God have healing in your heart right now. Let him set you free right now. Right? Oh, I'm so glad you're here. You didn't RSVP, right? It would have been a terrible day. It would have been a tough day. I want to hear you. I want, to, I want you to hear my heart. I, was, I began to study this subject. I've always read this and said, that's great. That's cool. Jesus turned water to wine. Awesome. But I began to realize that it wasn't about the wine, but it made room for a sign. It wasn't about the wine. It was about the people. It was about God saying, I am now here. My ministry has begun. And I love what Mary does next. Mary says, when the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. They have no more wine. I love her attitude. I love her attitude because she wasn't mad. She wasn't upset. But she had a solution that was standing right in front of her. How many know some of y'all would have freaked, right? Oh, no, we're out of stuff. Go to Costco right now. Get your butt to Sam. We got to make things happen. And here's Mary. Mary said, I know a solution. He's right here, right in front of me. Jesus, here's my need. Jesus, here's my problem. See, I love this. Faith brings joy. I want you to write this down. Joy is not getting what you want. Joy is fully appreciating what you have. When we have that kind of mindset, I believe it opens the door for miracles. It removes complaining and removes our attitude, begins to remove our perception. We say, you know what? It's going to be fine. I have a solution, and that's Jesus. My Father, that's Jesus, the God who loves me. Now, I am I'm deaf and hard of hearing. I even forgot to tell people in Dallas, they're like, what's wrong with this guy? Why is he shouting? But I'm, hard of, I'm deaf in this year. We were hearing aid, and this year, it's not, a, it's not a fancy microphone, it's my hearing aid. And for years and years and years, ever since I was a little child, I've been believing to be healed. God might heal me during this series. That'd be pretty cool, wouldn't it? God might heal me later on in life. I might not fully hear until I get to heaven, and I'm calling that a miracle. I'm going to be in heaven going, Marco, Paulo, I heard that. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be the first thing I do when I get to heaven. (laughs) Tell me a secret. Tell me a secret. (laughs) But hear me out. Some of you are like, can I laugh? Yes, you can laugh. But regardless of what happens, if I get healed here on this earth or if I get healed in heaven, regardless of what's going to happen, I'm still following Jesus. Because my life is a miracle. I am preaching to hundreds of people every single week, and I'm hard of hearing. I shouldn't even be able to speak English, all right? Boo-boo, sorry, okay? (laughs) But I choose to have joy. But in order to take on the journey of a miracle mile, you need to know some two things today. So number one, write this down. Number one, in order to have a miracle, number one, we need a problem. We need a problem. I hate this. I do not like this. 
God, when things are going good, do miracles anyway, right? Like, give me a miraculous parking spot at Town Square. Come on, somebody. Hook me up on my taxes, Jesus. I believe. But number one is a problem is needed. Here's the catch. Everybody wants a miracle, but nobody wants the problem. And that's hard. It makes me kind of angry. I want a miracle. God's like, you need some problems. See, I got 99 problems, but miracles ain't one of them. In Jesus' name, shout it, grab it. I got a quote in there. But 99 problems means that there's 99 miracles ready to be set up. The problems are set up for miracles. Every time, when I read this, I was picturing maybe somebody throwing a, a ball, and he's just setting up that hit for you, and God's going, thank you so much. That ball might have been a problem. It might have created damage, but God's going to say, I'm going to have a miracle set up in place for you. See, there's another problem. The other problem is if you seek miracles, you probably won't find them. Because listen to me, miracles are to point us to Jesus. If you seek a miracle for the miracle, then God needs to find another way to get your attention. Because God wants relationship. He's not a genie in a bottle, baby. He wants to have a relationship with you. He wants you to know God so that you can begin to know his miracles, so that you begin to find freedom, so that you begin to have purpose in your life. You know what the greatest, you know what a great miracle would be is for you operating in God's plan of purposes for your life. That's a powerful thing in Jesus' name. But if you seek God, miracles will find you. But here's the text. Put that back up. Here's the, another problem I found in the text. Jesus' mother said, Jesus, they have no more wine. They have no more why? Here's the problem I've seen over and over again. Over and over again, I've seen this, that it's harder to believe God for a miracle for ourselves than it is to believe God for a miracle for others. Maybe you're sitting here today, but, oh man, I wish so-and-so was here. We could lay hands on them. We can get them healed. And God is saying, I want to heal you. I want to do a miracle in your life. Believe, I believe there's miracle stoppers or pit stops that keep us from seeing miracles in our own life. Number one, I want you to write this down. There's a subliminal suspicion. It's subtle. It's kind of there. It's kind of hanging out. If I were to do an altar call, you'd be like, I'm good, Pastor. I'm okay. Because there is a subliminal suspicion. See, suspicion means you want proof. I want to see it happen. If you do see a miracle during this series, are you sure? Let's check their Facebook history. Let's see where they're at. Maybe it's fake. That I must know how Jesus turned that water into wine. And let me encourage you, miracles are not logical. They just happen. They cannot be explained. And hear me out. If you could explain a miracle, that is not miraculous. But I understand a subtle suspicion. I remember I was traveling with evangelists way way back when I was in my early, early 20s. I was 19, 20 years old. And I'll tell a story later on of just how God began to, to use our ministry. And God was healing people left and right at, at the different things that we were at. And, uh, I mean, we were like, woo, and go back to our hotel rooms and go, what in the world was that? Like, what happened? What took place? I remember it was in Binghamton, New York, near uh, Binghamton, New York, and just hanging out, had a park, it was freezing cold, and, and there was a service, and the evangelist, he preached and did his thing, and I was selling cassettes back then. How many remember cassettes, right? I was like, you want to buy his cassette? You know, <laughs> it's all rewound for you. It's ready. And so we would make cassettes and all that and sell his things, and, 
I remember he was so busy at one after the service, and so a lady had a had a boot cast on her leg, and she was kind of limping, and, and she had some sort of surgery on it. And she came to evangelist and says, Will you pray for me? He was like, Sweetheart, I gotta go. But that right there, God uses that man, and he's gonna pray for you. And he's pointing at me, and I was like, Who? Who? Somebody, somebody else? Who are you pointing at? Did you miss the pastor? Did he go inside the inside the office? And so I remember she came to me, and I said, like, oh, okay. And, and so we're in the lobby, a bunch of people. And I said, let's go into the, into the worship experience. And there's more people in the worship experience. I said, let's pray. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray, heal her leg. In Jesus' name. And there's this cast on there. And I was like, what am I doing, right? It's like this whole thing. And it was a removable cast. And so I was like, Jesus' name, heal her leg. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Was that good? Right? Like, I'm done. I did it, right? Come on, somebody. And she goes, Goes, oh, and she starts taking it off. I was like, what are you doing? Don't do that. <laughs> I'm supposed to be God's man of faith and power, right? Woo, I believe. Keep that on. <laughs> Keep that on. And she started taking it off. I said, what are you doing? She pulled it off, and she went, Jesus, and ran. Ran without limping, ran completely healed. And I'm going. <laughs> I was like. Pray for me. I got problems. Pray. <laughs> but hear me out. You have to have discernment. Because discernment is filtering out what is false. Maybe somebody gives you a word from the Lord. Discernment says, not, not true. Not true. God's got something greater for my life. I don't receive that. You have the power and authority to cast that down just by your words. Nope. <laughs> but discernment is filtering out what is false. But doubt is total unbelief, typically due to past experiences. I've been let down before. I've been challenged. Here's what I love. Mary challenged Jesus. But even the servants, the servants were obedient when it didn't make sense. Jesus is saying, hey, Jesus, we're out of wine. And, the servant, and Jesus says to the servants, put water in those pots and give it to the big guy. That makes sense, right? And here's what I love. The servants obeyed to the extent of where they filled the water with those pots. They took those pots all the way down to the master of the banquet. Inside of it was water. When they poured it out, it was water. Some of us, we would have stopped right there. But listen to me. Faith requires the entire time. Faith goes the distance. It's not, oh, there's wine in there. Thank God. Okay, I have faith now. But when they poured the water in, Jesus turned into wine when he drank that. I'm encouraging you today. The problem is that faith is required the, other, the, the entire time, but faith is also the engine that takes us down to the miracle mile. But number two takes place. There's dormant disappointments. Dormant disappointments. This is big for many of us in this room. Maybe say, I believe. I know God's going to do what he's going to do. I believe in his word. Every promise of the book is mine. Every course, every verse, every line. I believe in the promises of God, but I've been disappointed before. Maybe you've been let down in the past, or maybe you haven't seen miracles happen. And let me encourage you in such a loving way. I want to challenge you right now that it is a mistake to allow a single dis disappointment to make us throw in the towel. It is a mistake. Maybe, maybe it's many disappointments, but it's a mistake to not keep believing. 
I've been praying for many times. Powerful people, amazing people. Come out. I mean, put their fingers. I've had a lot of fingers in my ears. You know? Like, in Jesus' name. Is that a prerequisite? I don't like that. <laughs> but I'm still going to keep believing. I've seen many people pull back because they're afraid. Afraid that we might get let down again. And let me encourage you, during this series, will you promise me, if that is you today, will you promise me, will you promise me to confront the disappointments in your life? Because anytime I've been disappointed, I've been grateful. A year later, two years later, saying, God, thank you for not doing it then, because I wasn't ready for it then. God, thank you for not answering that prayer then, because you have something better now. But I encourage you, will you confront the disappointments. John chapter 20, verse 31 says, but these are written, everything that we're going to read, that these are written so that you may believe and believe that Jesus is Christ, that the Son of God, that by believing you may have life in his name. Life in his name. Let me encourage you. I've been disappointed. I've been let down. I mean, even just the other, the other week, I posted on social media, check out, check out my picture. I, did, I got to do a hearing test. And let me hear you, I hate hearing tests, all right? I hate sitting in a booth for 20 minutes going, boop, yeah, I heard that. Boop, yep, I heard that. I know there's a boop there, but I can't hear it. You know what I mean? Like, and they're like, say the word cat. I don't want to. I don't want to say the word cat, you know? And I would do a hearing test, but I put this on social media, and here's the next one I put. Hearing test, I failed, all right? It didn't work. Because you know what I'm doing is I'm confronting my disappointments because I know, and here's what helps me to believe. I know that, number one, I have a problem. But here what's even greater than number one. You know what's greater than the problem is number two, and I'm wrapping up. I'm done. Number two is that God cares. Yeah. It's that God really does care. That God cares. He really does. And some of us in this room, you'll fight me. You're going to push against me. And I want to go on a journey with you during the Miracle Mile series. The Bible says this in Matthew chapter 7, verse 9 through 11. The message version says, don't bargain with God. Be direct. Ask for what you need. This is a cat and mouse hide and seek game that we're in. If your child asks for bread, do you trick him with sawdust? If a child asks you for something, are you going to say, no, you haven't been good today. I'm going to give you junk. If that is you, I love, if you ask for a fish, do you scare him with a live snake on his plate? I love the message verse. I just thought, I was like, that's a good idea. I'm going to write that down. But if you ask for fish, do you scare him with a live snake on, your, on his plate? And you're like, I'm, I would do that. And it says it as bad as you are. Come on, somebody. You wouldn't think of such things. That you're at least decent to your own children. So don't you think the God who conceived you, the God who formed you in your mother's womb, the God who has a plan and purpose for your life. He's so in love with you that do you think that he would even do it better? Don't you think that he would bless us? Do you think that he would swoop down in our time of need and, and begin to heal, begin to restore, begin to bring purpose into our life? See, miracles are the result of trust, of faith, of a belief, but it's also God's grace. And so it says, when the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. See, turning water to wine wasn't what really was needed. You see, the miracle, this particular miracle, we're going to read, we're going to, I encourage you, come these next couple weeks. 
every Sunday. Because I'm going to break down these miracle stories. But this particular story of water to wine, it wasn't about saving a life. It was about saving face. It was about eliminating that, that, that burden of embarrassment. See, here's the history. The wine was actually watered down during this time, and wine became one of the cleanest forms of a beverage. That they, only back then they had wine and they had well water. Well, it was time for a big feast or something like that. Nobody wanted typical well water. They wanted wine. And so during this time, during a wedding feast, that represented, you know what? I'm going to be generous. I'm going to have generosity with my guests. I'm going to have generosity with the two families becoming one. That they only had to do is they had to give out wine. But running out of wine at a wedding, even though it was three days. Imagine just talking about for three days. It's only it was three days. But running out of wine at a wedding would have resulted in public shame. That a wedding day is a day that you want perfect. But if something goes wrong, your best day becomes your worst day. That not only did Jesus turn the water into wine, how many know he goes all the way? He makes it the best wine. The, the, the master of the banquet said, you've saved the very best for last. This is incredible. Jesus took what could have been the worst day and he turned it to the best of days. Why? Because he cares. He cares. He cares about us that you can try to fill your life with good things. But I'm here to tell you, God is the best thing. Because he cares about you. That turning water to wine revealed how much God cares about every minute in our lives. That God is so great because nothing is too big and nothing is too small for God. To listen to me, I want you to write this down, please. If it's a big deal to you, it's a big deal to God. If it's a big deal to you, it's a big deal to God. That, that dream you have in your heart, that prayer you've been praying for, that miraculous sign you're asking for God to do, that prayer that involved moving in the heavens and the earth, transitioning some things in your life, the things you deeply care about, it's a big deal to God as well. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 says, Now to him, he's able to do exceedingly and abundantly. Exceedingly, that's more, that's better, that's the best. And abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to be, to him be the glory in the church of Jesus Christ, in the church of Avenue, and for all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Miracles don't just reveal what Jesus did. They reveal what he wants to do. He wants to move on your life. I'm so grateful. It says we've been saved by grace through faith. God, I just believe that you can do a work in my life. God, I believe you can move heaven and earth because you care about me. I believe right now we're seeing miracles take place because something's happening in your mind. We're going, I thought I wasn't good enough. I thought I didn't meet the criteria. And God is saying, I care about you. I created you for good works beforehand. <laughs> See, my wife and I, we shared during Remix last week. I encourage you to get the podcast, download it. Remix has been one of the biggest, uh, one of the most views on YouTube. We shared about having a miscarriage. And that baby was forming in her, in her tube, so it was a tubal pregnancy. 
If it keeps it, if it stayed there, it would have grown. It would have killed the, the baby. Would have killed my wife. So we had to have a procedure that we scheduled. The procedure was to go in and they would, she would, uh, they would inject her, or take some medicine, and it would, it would do all that. It would clean her out, and save my wife. I remember before we went, we, we, we called our mentor, 70 some years old man, and we said, you know, it's, you know, going there and you know, taking that, that's, that's, that's fine. But it does prolong a wait, waiting period for us to try again. So we have to make months and months and months instead of being able to just pick up and believe God for a baby. So we called our mentor and some 70 some years old and he just prays. He prays that God would do a miracle in her body. Prays that supernaturally it would just, it would just clean itself out. Wouldn't have to have a procedure. Wouldn't have to do any of that. We're crying on the phone. How many of y'all prayer works over the phone? Come on, somebody. So we go in and they say, all right, you ready? I mean, it was like the room with all the stuff. Very emotional time for us. And the doctor says, you ready? My wife says, can we? I love it. She's so diplomatic. Can we check one more time? And they said, sure, whatever. So they checked. They begin to realize that it was completely removed. It was completely gone. Without medicine, without procedure. But you know what the miracle was? I mean, we praise God for that. Thank you, Jesus. Believe I came after that. I'm here to tell you this. I know that God loves me. I've been changing my prayers. God, I'll pray. God, I'll pray. I'll pray. I've been praying. Say, God, this is Jeremy, whom you love, who you have a plan for my life. God, this is Jeremy. I've decided years ago I will always serve God despite the circumstances and despite the miracles. And so will you stand with me, please? I'm going to close out. And I'm going to do two quick things today. Here's what I love about water and wine, that that was Jesus' first miracle. Jesus said, my time had not yet come, woman. Mom, what are you doing? I love that. I love that. You need a Mary in your life right now that's like, yo, I know what you need. You're coming to get prayer. Yo, I know what you need. I'm going to bring you to Avenue Church. But I love Jesus. said, woman, my, my, my time has not come. Because Jesus knew when he started the first miracle that that would be the miracle mile to the cross. Because Jesus turned water into wine. By the night he was betrayed, he took a cup of wine. And he said, this is my blood. I'm about to go to the cross. I'm here to tell you that the water that was turned to wine and the cup that he put that had wine in it represented his greatest miracle. We're going to be talking about amazing miracles. We're going to see amazing miracles. But you know how we're going to not just see physical, emotional, but we're going to see spiritual miracles every single week at Avenue Church. Why? Because the greatest miracle is salvation. The greatest miracle is when the old becomes new. The greatest miracle is when we give our hearts to Jesus Christ. It's not just a prayer we pray, but it's a miraculous and loving God coming into our lives and saying, let's begin a journey of freedom. Let's begin a journey of healing. I've called you for greater things. But the single greatest miracle is the forgiveness of sin that was made possible by the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So maybe you're here today. 
in just a moment, I'm going to ask our prayer team to come forward. And I want us to pray. I'll dismiss, but if you need prayer today, we're going to pray over you. I want to ask you today, will you bow your heads, close your eyes? Because I want to get right to the point this morning that the greatest miracle is the wonderful gift of salvation. That maybe you're here today, you will have joy in your heart. Maybe you're here today, you have no hope, maybe no purpose. Maybe today, you gave God an ultimatum and said, God, I'll go to Avenue today. But that's it. Unless you show up, unless you reveal yourself to me. With every head bowed, every eye closed, maybe you're here today, you say, Pastor, will you pray with me? Will you help me to take a step into accepting Jesus as my Lord and my Savior into my life? If that is you today, I would love to honor. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you forward. I'm not going to say your name. I'm just going to point and go, yes, because I want to partner with you, and I would love to lead you in a miraculous prayer of salvation. If that is you, head out, eye closed, put a hand up, put it right back down. If that is you, put a hand up. Yes, over there. Anyone else? Yes, over there. Anyone else? Yes. Anyone else? Hand up, right back down. Yes. Come on, somebody. The greatest miracle is taking place right now. So I want us all pray this prayer. Everybody, bow your heads and close your eyes. But we all pray this prayer together. Say, Jesus, I need you. Say, thank you for the greatest miracle of dying on the cross. Say, thank you for paying for what I did. So today, I receive your forgiveness. Say, be Lord of my life. Be number one. Say, with all my heart, the best way I know how, I'm going to live for you. So today, I give you my life. I give you everything. Say, today, I now know who I am. I'm saved. Come on, I'm redeemed. I'm a child of God. Everybody shout it. raise your hand, please. Don't leave here without texting the number behind me. Don't leave here today without filling out that connect card or if you can wait for a little bit, meet me in growth track. I would love the honor of just shaking your hand because we just saw the greatest miracle take place with every hand that went up. It's just like, yeah, Pastor, right here. I mean, it's right here. I need Jesus in my life. But I want to read a scripture to you. I want you to put this up on the screens. This is kind of my declaration that I believe that during Miracle Mile that we're going to be praying for people. We're going to end every service with a prayer team up front. And as I dismiss, you can go go get your kids. But if you need prayer, I want you to step on and come forward when our prayer team's up here. When I say, have a good week. We love you guys. You may go. But we're going to be praying for people up here in between our services. But I want you to put on the screens. It's kind of my declaration that we believe that many people are going to be healed immediately through prayer. I believe that's going to happen. Who's with me on that one, right? Bodies heal, minds heal in Jesus' name. There's a uh, there's an amazing gentleman on our on our A team. He was here for a worship night, standing over there, got prayed for, back was instantly healed in Jesus' name. No more back problems. He's on a lip doing stuff like bro. But I believe he, uh, healing immediately but also I believe healing progressively where God's going to bless the hands of the doctors, no mistakes, no errors in Jesus' name, but also healed eternally. That might be heaven. What an amazing honor 
to get into heaven and be like, where's my hearing aids? I need to break them. I need to have a Holy Ghost party right now. But here's what I want to read. James chapter 5. It says, are any of you sick? Are any of you sick? You should call the elders, the leaders, the prayer team of the church to come and pray over you. And I love this. It says this, and you will be well. You will be healed. You will be forgiven in Jesus' name. That's the promises of God. So I'm going to pray over you. I'm going to dismiss you. But man, I'm excited what God's going to do at Miracle Mile. I'm excited what He's going to do leading up to Easter. I'm excited what's taking place at Avenue Church. See, the timing is God's responsibility. The timing is God's responsibility. But the act of asking, that's mine. And I'm going to do my part. I'm going to trust God to do His part. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you. Father, first and foremost, thank you so much for the honor and privilege of the greatest miracle, and that is salvation. The Father, I thank you according to your word that if we lay hands on the sick, that they will be healed in Jesus' name. So, Father, I just pray over Avenue today that, God, I thank you is not weird. God, I thank you is not strange. But this is a journey that we're all on today in the next couple of weeks. The Father, I want to say thank you. Thank you for the stories that we're going to hear. Thank you for the miracles we're seeing today at Avenue. And, Father, I believe that through your word, through every miracle, we're going to give you all the praise and all the glory because miracles reveal a God who loves us. In Jesus' name, everybody shout it. Amen. I love you guys. Have an awesome Sunday. Road tracks over there. But if you need prayer, come forward.